I am unashamed. What about you? So this is our uh, this is our I think it's our fourth podcast that we've been missing. Jace, he's been ill, and so we're hoping he gets better. Um, so in his place, in his actual chair, we have uh, Gordon Dasher, Juan Gordo. Uh, uh, this is Zach's dad, by the way, uh, the sire of of, of uh, Zach Dasher. And uh, but you're in Jace's chair, so Gordon, you're going to have to be argumentative, uh, stubborn, and interrupt me and Dad a lot. It, so, it, so be myself. <laughs> just be yourself. <laughs> that's that's why I got you to replace him. It's just a natural, you know. It's just a natural instinct. Uh, but yeah, so so welcome Gordo into the uh, unashamed Thank layer. You. Uh, and it and it is because of, of your son and the whole family that's uh, we're able to do this. So we started a production company, which is weird because Dad, we started the production company, Zach and I did, um, after he'd run for Congress and lost, and but had made all these contacts, and so he wound up making contacts with like Steve Bannon and uh, what was the other guy's name? The Bossy, Bossy, Dave Bossy, and so these are all guys that were wound up being like heavily involved in Trump campaigns, and you know even Bannon was in the administration, and so they had this idea about doing this movie. It was kind of a fundraiser for Citizens United, which is their group they were with, and uh, it was it was uh, called Torchbearer, and so Zach, it was he wrote most of it. I think then they had a couple other writers kind of help with it, but we actually made a movie in Europe. With those guys, we spent two weeks over there. We were in we were in Athens, we were in Paris, we were in Auschwitz in Poland. Normandy, um, yeah, Normandy. We were at so it was really interesting. And it, so I, I hadn't mentioned it in a while, but I want to mention our podcast listeners. You can still find it. I think you can find it on Amazon Prime and Apple and Apple. Yeah, and so it's called Torchbearer, but it's it's a fantastic, you know, what would you call it? Um, it's a fantastic look at what happens with civilizations that forget God, you know, and, or, or turn to where the, the only the government or the emperor or whatever it was is your leader, and it always ends in tyranny, you know, every time. I mean, they, they'll rise every up, it's some ideology, some whatever, you this, know. This election, we're on our way. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the same stuff you're seeing again. It's, it's make- Who was it that said you lose your lose your freedom in one generation? It was Reagan that said that. Yep. Yeah, it was Reagan that said that. Um, and it's true. So we made this movie, and uh, it was really great. The problem was we had imagined it being in theaters and, you know, like Dinesh D'Souza stuff, you know, really getting out there. But it all just kind of got buried in the Trump campaign because this was in 2016 is when we were releasing it. The idea was we were going to put it out before the election and hopefully show this is the two pictures, you know, from that then it was Clinton versus, you know, um, President Trump. So it got lost, and though we thought, well, you know, I don't know if the Almighty is going to ever use that one day. It's going to come back, but it's just so good. I'm thinking at some point that's going to be where a lot of people can see it, you know. But I want it's a brutal film. It is. It's it is, truthful. It is, it's brutal when empires collapse. That's exactly right. And another one. And and we're we're there, right? We're there. I mean, how, think about that. So we made that four years ago, but how prophetic is it? For, oh. Just four years later. And what you're seeing. The same thing that we learned from history is it, and we we went with lockstep right into it. Oh, yeah. So what were you telling me? There's no God, and then now all of a sudden Karl Marx is back. Right. And I mean, it looks like, it looks like they, they, they're, they're coming in. Well, as we record this uh, on the day after the election, 
I mean, we're in the midst. I don't know when this may air Friday, but it may be decided by them, but it, it looks doubtful because it looks like they're trying to find a way to steal those swing states, you know, because you made an observation coming in here that every state that's that's under, you know, hasn't reported yet are all Democrat-led, right? That's it. <laughs> so, I mean, is that that's just an hole, by the way. Coincidentally. Yep. yep, coincidentally. So it's the same battle. But, you know, it's interesting because this is what I talk about in the movie. People would give themselves under this tyranny, and you're just thinking, why would you want to do that? And I see it with these lockdown states, you know. I mean, through the coronavirus, it's just like, I mean, some people are fleeing, you know, we had Ann and Felamon. They had to come down here because they're like, we got to get out of this place because it's just not going to get any better. So, and it's been—it's a theory that has been debunked at every turn. Every time they've tried to put it into practice, Marxism mm-hmm. and socialism, it's failed miserably. So, do you think it's just the because the evil one ultimately is the, when you when you look at the two high flyover looks about freedom versus tyranny? I mean, the evil one's got to have his hands all over it, right? So is it just because of him that gets it going again? Why does it keep coming back to this same thing that never works? Because I, I think it's because it appeals to our baser nature. Yeah, I want I want stuff that I don't really have to make an investment in getting. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to yeah. pay for it. The government will take care of your student we'll take, loan. Yeah, yeah, we'll take care of your health care. Right, we'll be and, your nanny. And they get a few years on them, or even before they get there, they die. I mean, yeah. it's like the government can take care of my health. <laughs> they may give you a little temporary reprieve from time to time, but the six-foot hole right. looms bigger yeah. with each passing year, and that's where everyone goes. It it didn't. They they can't help you. Not what, really. what was Biden's line about health care? He said Trump says it's a it's a luxury, maybe is what he said. And he said, but I believe it's a right, you know, oh, you know, it's, 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 it's a right. It's, it's a, it, it should be in the constitution, right? Can you imagine the founders, if they would hear a speech like that today, if somehow they could, you could just bring them forward and listen what? to that speech, they would be like, what are you talking about? I mean, a healthcare, a right? What is healthcare? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. What do you, I mean, cause you know, these guys, you got wounded. Somebody fixed you up right then. If you got sick yeah. back then, they bled you. That's yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what they did to George Washington. They bled him. Yeah. Which is amazing. So my point was, so we did this movie and so Zach and I started our company, uh, Restoration Productions, because we figured the movie would get out there and all these people would see it. And so then we wanted to be able to produce some things to go along with it, you know, some some follow-up and some teaching and things like that. And of course, the movie went nowhere. And so Zach and I started this business and we were like, well, I guess it was all of that. So the business just sat there, you know, doing nothing for two years. And then we got this opportunity about Blaze to do In the Woods with Phil, which, by the way, you can go to blazetv.com slash unashamed and get that. But So we started producing that show. And then that opened the door to this podcast, which now we know that, I don't know, millions, however many people are listening, it's a lot. I mean, a lot of people are being blessed by it. And so, Dad, Gordo, every weekend, every week that goes by, somebody shows up here, usually in West Monroe or Monroe, because Dad's across the river. You know, I want, I want you guys to baptize me, or I want to learn more about Jesus. Or, I, you know, last weekend I married a couple after they were baptized. So, it's really cool the way that all worked out. And Zach and I had never had the personal vision for it because this started for another reason. But I love it when God like has a plan in mind that we don't know about yet and then just kind of unveils it as it goes along, you know, which is kind of following. Pretty awesome. Pretty pretty neat. So so Gordo uh was married to Jan. Uh, we've talked about her on the podcast. She's uh, passed away about a year ago. And it's just a little over a year. 
And uh, we've, we've told you how great she was and all that. But I want to go into talk a little bit uh, about her because you were married to her a long time. And what it was like to come into the Robertson family. Because <laughs> <laughs> So Gordo was on Duck Dynasty. I guess your initial episode was the one with, uh, that, the about Mia, right? The family reunion thing. So, so they had Gordon. They put him in a, in a pink. Um, they wanted him to polo. do a pink polo yeah. that the producers did. So they could put him with Dad. And basically have Dad throw him under the bus. What they didn't know was is Gordon. You know, Gordon stands his ground pretty good. I, that's one thing he learned about it. So, do you remember that, Dad? Do you remember what you said on the show? I knew you would. So he looked. He looks at you, Gordo, and, and you got this pink shirt on. And he said, "You know, oh Gordon, he's got a look about him." You remember when he said that yeah. <laughs> on the show? And then Gordon's like, "I've got a look about me." <laughs> have you looked at yourself in the mirror? So it was the just, other line to that was, "You can tell he ain't from around here." <laughs> my eyes, yeah, you could. My eyes aren't real close together. I don't look inbred. Yeah, you can tell I'm not from around here. <laughs> so it, I will say the the guys that made the show are pretty brilliant because they were right. The the contradiction scenes of Dad and Gordon were brilliant because they were funny. I mean, you were laughing just because you were sitting oh, in a duck blind with funny. the pink shirt on. It was really funny. So I just wanted the audience to know that in case you missed that one. So what was it like coming into the so, – so how did you and Jan meet? Tell me a little bit about the, the beginning of it all. Because it's been, I've even forgotten. Man, I was just a, I was just a lad. Yeah, it was um, <clears throat> 1974. I, um, I'd been floundering around, and long story, but I got an opportunity to come to the seminary that was at our church here, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd never heard of White's Ferry Road Church. I'd never heard of West Monroe. But I wound up there, and so you came to go to school. I came here school to go to school. school. Okay, and I was at a mixer out at the camp, and uh, my version is I was surrounded by young women, and uh, what's my version? Were they snarinating you and have palm branches? They were, and- yeah, they were offering me casseroles and. Candy. Course, I, I will say that I probably I believe your version only because everybody at White Street Road is always trying to get everybody single married. Yeah, oh, I mean, that, a, that's their goal. Well, your aunt Jan, she saw me from afar and kind of ran the others off and <laughs> laid claim to me. Uh, and I don't know. I think we dated five and a half months before we got married. I told you on the way to the LSU game one time. I don't know if you remember or not, but I mean, I lucked out. I mean. There could have been mental illness in the family. Her brother could have been some obsessed duck hunter that ran a bar in Arkansas. I mean, how lucky did I, did I get? You know, I didn't know any of the family. You're asking me what it was like. It was a culture shock. I'm telling so, you. So you started in the fall of '74. Yeah. in school. So yeah. here's what's interesting. I, I didn't really put this together. So Dad's not a Christian yet. This is oh, no. this is still a year. He's a year out from being a yeah. Christian. And that summer, Jan uh, drove up to. Camp session ended. She drove up to Junction City, Arkansas, and I loaded up in her car. And then she drove all night down to Houston, Texas, and picked up two of my cousins that lived down there, and then drove back to camp to get us back for Sunday, which is when camp started. So my only experience at Camp Chioka, which now, of course, Willie and John Luke and all them run, all those years ago was because of Jam. Mm -hmm. And, And because she was willing to drive all night, to get me and to get Jamie and David to come. And so, you know, but that was right before she met you because that was the summer of 74 is when that happened, which is interesting. And, of course, I didn't know any of that stuff. A year later, and we've talked about a lot on the podcast, uh, Jan boldly 
took Bill Smith, our preacher at the time. And by the way, you guys that are sending me all the Bill Smith stuff, the guy that's Bill Smith that's the preacher now, that's not him. Our guy's passed away. So a lot of you keep sending me emails about Bill Smith, but that's the wrong Bill Smith. So so he she takes him up there because she's convinced. She took me first. Oh, tell me that. Tell that. Uh, she took me first, and he, I had been. Oh, to, to, to introduce you to that. To, to, to. To lead him to the Lord, ah. but the problem with that is I'd been smoking dope and getting drunk a month before that. So when she took me, he basically just intimidated the fire out of me and ran me off. I mean, you don't even remember that, do you? Dad? Isn't that funny? I never uh, knew. That. I remembered it. I'm, I'm still wounded to this day by it. <laughs> so this would have been sometime fall in seventy fall of seventy four. Uh, yeah, it probably been the next year though, right? When she tried to take you up there. May have been. I don't May have know. Been. So I didn't. I never knew that. So you weren't quite up for that task just no. yet. Yeah. And so, but and by the way, Bill Smith wasn't either. You know, Bill didn't want to go. Right. For, and and look, I, in his defense, I've been putting the same boat for somebody. Would tell me, well, if you can just go and talk to him, I said, well, do they want to talk about God? Or are they at a point? And and they're like, well, no. But I just think you can convince them. I was like, look, this thing is about turning yourself in. Like, you you can't captive. You know, take somebody by captive for Christ. You know, it has to be a situation where they're wanting to talk about it. So that first time did. It was an epic fail because Bill Smith came in, sat in the booth in the bar that we were running, Dad was running, and Dad's drinking his Budweiser beer or whatever, and he just listens and then like basically just says, all right, he blew it off. yeah, yeah, see you later, you know. And Jan's passing out tracks according to the way Dad told it to the bar patrons, which I'm I sure. Could, can you see that? I could definitely I could see, see it. it. I could definitely see it. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. So one of our uh, sponsors on the podcast, Scoremaster, it was interesting because we've talked about them before, and, and so when they sent me this copy, it said it almost crashed their website uh, when so many people found out that uh, the average person can gain 97 points to their credit score uh, just by going and checking out what these guys have done. They've discovered an algorithm that super boosts credit scores, which is really good. So if you refinance in your home, buying a car, applying for credit, say your credit is okay – you go to ScoreMaster, and on average, these guys have had 61 points increase in less than 20 days. So it can help you a lot. Basically, if you raise it 61 points, you save nine grand on a car loan. So it's important, especially for you young ones out there that are kind of just starting out and maybe your credit's not where it needs to be. Uh, so anyway, uh, here's how you find out about these guys. You go to scoremaster.com slash fill. That's scoremaster.com slash fill just takes you a few minutes to enroll uh add your credit score and save you some money so but it planted a seed i guess because a year later with mom and the three boys at the time gone dad finally got to that place and we talked about a couple of podcasts ago that me and zach and jeff all got to as well where you're just like okay this is miserable I mean, th this life is not really what I want to do the rest of the way. And so then dad goes, he comes to West Monroe. Now his hat is in his hand, and he's like, I want to do something different. And so the same man who couldn't crack you in the bar booth was the one that shared the gospel with you for three straight nights. Here's an interesting point. Since you brought it up, I was ready in case it ran by me. I could stop. Proverbs, what, 1921, many are the plans in a man's heart, 
but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now, that's what the psalmist said. And from there, I just happened to see this yesterday. Isaiah 46, about verse uh, 10. Check this out. Uh, I make known the end from the beginning, which is quite a statement. Yep. I make known the end, and that means of everything. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. He said, I've got full control of the whole thing. Well, you fast forward because that section of Scripture is the whole thrust of that from Genesis 3.15 all the way to Matthew, a 5,300 by my count year stretch. Jesus is coming. Well, Jesus shows up. He walks on the earth. He dies on a cross. He's buried and raised from the dead. Spent 40 days to show them. I'm alive. What about it? They're like, whoa. He told us that. So Peter gets up, and the first thing out of his mouth, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourself know. This man, now listen how this reads. In lieu of Proverbs 19:21 and Isaiah 46. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. He said, I see the end, mm-hmm. having started from the beginning. Right. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross, but God is raising from the dead. That's the first thing out of Peter's mouth. He said, God's purpose so to your point about me and the beer joint and all that, at that point, I had no purpose. Yeah. And I'd never heard of the purpose God had in mind. By the way, you can read on from Acts 2, Romans 8, 28. We look at little verses like that, but don't say, oh, and, 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 and everything works out for the good. And all things, God works for the good of those who he called according to his purpose. Yeah. So, you know, when you're lost, you get to looking around and you get to thinking, well, yeah. well, how do I fit into all this? And that's why all these suicides and all of that, sure. they, they spin in their wheels. They just can't, they don't realize, they don't know what purpose they're on the earth. That's right. And that's why you see people get out in the street and, yep. you know, and then... Somebody like the Apostle Paul says, yeah, I see them. They're senseless, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. You're like, man, what a bunch to deal with. No purpose. Yeah. They, they, don't, they, they don't have any knowledge of God. So, yeah. Yeah, just think about if you woke up. Every- this was an example. I finally found purpose when I read what God's purpose was. I said, I was one that was called according to his purpose, but didn't even realize it. Right. It sounds like you kind of had, the, you must have had a similar experience because you said just earlier in that you had not, you had not been living a godly life. Oh. So when you came to West Monroe, that was 
your transition as well, I guess, when you went to prison. Everybody goes from ungodly to godly. At some point, that's exactly right. <laughs> or they die. That's right. But still, their knee will bow, and their tongue will confess. That's right. Everybody does. Even, if, even after. So, so, so that was your transition as well, I mean, from uh, spiritually, is, is when you came here and to go to school? Right. I, um, I grew up in... Um, I grew up in a in a tradition that valued uh, performance, mm-hmm. law based. You, you obey the rules, yeah. and uh, so if you the the key to salvation is you keep the rules. If you break the rules, then you're immediately out of the kingdom until you say a magic prayer and, and you get yeah, put back right. in. So get yourself cleaned up. Yeah. So the the result of that was I just was like uh, under a constant state of condemnation because nobody can sustain that. Right. Nobody can live under that. Uh, law always condemns. And I was just tired of it, you know, but I thought maybe there's some other answer out there. I didn't know. And I look back at it now, I realize I wasn't even really guiding my own steps. I, yeah. I guess I could have resisted it, but I felt a, a real urge to come here. And it was an opportunity for me to, you know, I looked at it then like it's an opportunity for me to get my act together. And uh, I, I realize now it was an opportunity for me to meet God and, yeah. um, and Jan was a perfect vehicle oh. to help that happen because Jan, unlike you or me or Dad, you know she she never went down that she path. never went down the path. And, and we talked about it before when Zach was on here about you know sin not being an advantage. Although some of us that live in very bad sinful situations were empathetic to people at the same time. I don't know about y'all, but I wouldn't want to go back and do all that oh, again no. for any reason. Neither. And so mm. and Jan was a great example of that she's she was not perfect. But she was a great spiritually led person. Check yeah. us out. You see, we're telling about from where we were to where we are. Ephesians one nine, and he talking about God, known to us, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. Think about it. Tell the Galatians that when the time had fully come, in the days of the Roman Empire, God sent his son, born of a woman. You say every step was worked out. Uh, Till the time would have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ. In him, we were also chosen, not even realizing it on what a thing that was. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything, listen, in conformity with the purpose of his will. You're like, every little step of one's life, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. You were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. Smith brought it to me at the beer joint. Yep. And I, I was like... Well, Your heart I, wasn't open then. Wasn't open then. He yeah. said, "He said that's a mean man." He said, "He, ain't, he, ain't. he said he, his final words Amen. were he to Jan. He told Jan and said he ain't ready yet." <laughs> but Jan said, "If you convert him, he'll win thousands." And Smith said, "What?" Jan said to Smith, "You convert my brother, and he will bring thousands." She had to, the vision for it to she, the Lord. She saw it, and Smith said, "Hmm." Smith said it kind of built a fire in him. To, hey, maybe the old girl's right, you know. Yeah. So that's what she said. Well, what she said came true. It did. When you were finally ready to surrender, which is what we always hey, look, call it. That was the purpose of God, purposed in Christ. You right. said, 
That's why, you know, someone said, when are you going to get off the gospel? I always say, let's see, Jesus died for you, was buried and raised from the dead. The good news, right? When are you going to get off of it and get in some deeper truths of the Bible? I said, (laughs) when are you going to get on it? I said, man, you 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 receive it and the possibility and and you take your stand on it. Yeah. That means oh you're not gonna budge. That's right. Everything that's the purpose of the whole thing. We're not getting out of here unless there's a resurrection of the dead. Well, here here comes God said, I'll I'll fix it for you. I'll I'll solve physical death for you. I'll right. fix it for you. You just think about the ramifications of that. It takes a complete fool to say, well, you know, I don't want to hear about that stuff. You're like, man. But it's interesting, uh, Dad. Let's take a break. Have y'all noticed how much cameras being everywhere have changed the world? I mean, I, I guess good and bad. Because, you know, you got now, anytime something happens, somebody's got a camera, a cell phone, or something. Of course, you can't always get the context of what's happening. But from a standpoint of protecting your property or your business, they're amazing. I mean, you're going to see what's happening. Yeah, I'm you, 74. I've never taken a picture of somebody in my 74 years. You've never? <laughs> I've never taken a camera and went, let me get a shot of you. Has, has anybody ever taken your picture? <laughs> <laughs> so so one of our sponsors, Simply Safe, uh, they give you the best protection you have, and that's cameras uh, and sensors, of course, as well. Uh, basically, they have an arsenal uh, that protect every inch of your home as well as outside. You can set it up yourself in about 30 minutes, super easy. Um, no long-term contract, no hidden fees, no installation costs. So it's a really good uh, product. And I don't even have to be there looking. No, uh, or taking pictures. That's right. You love it. So right now, our listeners uh, get a free home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system. And here's how you do it, simplysafe.com slash unashamed. You also get 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Simplysafe.com slash unashamed. Get your free security camera and protect your home. I heard it in a bar. And and later, when Smith studied with you, it was interesting because you were so mistrusting of people in general, and certainly preachers or whatever, that it took three nights for you to be convinced. I mean, your heart was open finally, but it took three nights to convince your intellect and every part of you and your distrust to say, you know what? I see it now. I had one big glaring problem, and I've seen this a lot in other individuals. I didn't start trusting others as far as I could see them until I could trust me as far as I could see me. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? It's certainly saying exactly. I mean, when I could trust me, then I started saying, well, maybe... I can trust you because yeah. most been a people scoundrel. most people project the the guilt, guilt. or the worst yeah. part of themselves yeah. onto other people. We see it all the time. The Democrats yeah. do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime they claim the Republicans are doing something, they're doing it. They're projecting. That's what they do. Yep. Um, so so, Gordon, my in my relationship with you guys because you're you're from Florida. After I guess you did you you went you finished school right? So in seventy six, yeah yeah. So you guys got married. I still remember the wedding. It was over at Forsyth. And uh, you guys headed back to Florida, I guess, immediately? Or did you go somewhere? Yeah. Well, well, we got married in February. We left in uh, July of 75. I went to the one-year program. Oh, that's right there. So so you wound up in ministry, and so we only really got to see you guys a couple of times a year when you'd come up to visit uh, 
uh, my grandparents lived next door to us. So we all, that was really the only time we got to see you. But I always had this real affinity for Jam because she had such an affinity for me. You know, she just like really loved me and just exposed me to good spiritual things. And so, you know, I always had that closeness. And then I always loved you because you were funny. I mean, you, you were sarcastic and a, a quick wit about you. And sarcasm is one of my love languages. So that's why I love you so much. But, um, I thought it was interesting because eventually you guys moved. Well, you've been here a couple of times in West Monroe. Y'all came for a while. About four years. Were, were you, what were you doing when y'all were here the first time? Um, I worked with Robert. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because yeah. uh, that's right. You're, I forget you're cut hair. You've done so many different things. So then you go back to Florida. I'm doing modeling now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> plus size modeling. Uh, so, so, uh, but then you wind up in ministry. Uh, had some good experiences, some bad experiences, like all of us who've ever worked for the church. But when you guys came back here the second go around, you guys were working. You worked with us first. You were teaching, but then you worked with us for the church, and did a really good job with our college kids, our campus ministry that we're doing over there. And it was really a lot of fun. And we all three of us were elders together, uh, which was a, a fun thing for me, you know, to get to have that experiences. So I was just, you know, it's ironic because now Dad is working with that same group, except it's a lot different than when you were there because uh, you had the college kids and all that. But just kind of the way that's all worked out, yeah. you know, that I mean, that, that the God gave us all those opportunities to do it together. And now, of course, Zach's a big part of that, too. So you guys are in North Carolina now. So what, are, what tell our audience what you do there. What's what's kind of your you preach? Do you you know what are you doing? I don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, retired. I, uh, I so I with Jan Jan suffered a lot with Alzheimer's for about a she had it for maybe six years. Well, that's when I discovered it. Maybe six years before she died. But the last year, and the last year was terrible. Oh, it was brutal. I mean, it was a twenty four hour commitment on my part, seven days a week. I got essentially no relief from I don't I don't like to say it that way because I it was my job to serve her and to it's still it. hard, extremely it was, hard. It was very difficult. Yeah. So she she would get disturbed and I'd say, Why don't we take a ride? It's a beautiful area, just absolutely gorgeous mountains. And we're riding around and I see this sign that said uh Swananoa Christian Church and I said uh Hey, let's ride down there and see what that's all about. And we drove down and had a playground. The grass was about knee deep. It looked, I said, this place looks dead. I think I'm going to come here on Sunday for some reason. I just wanted a small group. So drawn to the to – the, to Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fixer. So uh, in the meantime, she, she had to be hospitalized. She really had a psychotic break, not because she was – it was just because her brain stopped functioning and it was dying off. And so I had her, I had her committed to a hospital for about 10 days and – so the next Sunday, I just showed up about nine forty-five and walked into the Sunday school room down in the basement, and we got to talk. And there was just a very few people there, and they said, uh, "What did you do for a living before you came here?" And I said, "I was a pastor." And they said, "We're looking for a pastor." <laughs> I said, "Well, there you go." So, um, I started preaching, and Jan loved them, and and it was really cool because sometimes she would have another psychotic break, and she'd say, "I want, I want to go see those." Those nice men at the church. I want to go. I said, Janice, Thursday night, they're not there. You're lying. You're lying. They're there. <laughs> yeah. I said, okay, let's go look. So we'd go look, and, of course, they weren't there. And she'd right. say, they're inside. I know they are. I said, they're, they're not. But it was uh, it was good for me to just have that outlet to preach and teach and to have fellowship yeah. with people. But it was also good for her because it gave her a place to belong. Yeah. 
Um, and she felt like those guys loved her, and they did. You know, the people in the church really loved her a lot. So I think it's my just my opinion, but I think because of your upbringing you mentioned, and like all of us, you know, everything, kind of our experiences drive us. And because you're really good at, at preaching grace and just the opposite of everything you said earlier, that how you grew up, and I grew up the same way. Keep talking, Alan, while I kill this fly. Yeah, you get that thing. <laughs> you know, I think this is the same fly that landed on Mike Pence's uh, head. <laughs> I, bet I, he, say, I bet he won't have the guts to do that again. <laughs> Old Gordon started talking, and the fly started appearing. <laughs> Yeah. Remember the fly that little Mike oh, yeah. Pence said? I think this is the same one. He's now. I kept tapping the TV, make it go yeah, away. Get it off of him. Uh, we're the only, by the way, I think we're probably the only podcast in America that has an interruption in their podcast to kill flies. I've never heard of it. Well, I mean, have you ever heard of that? They saw these, I bet Joe Rogan's not killing if flies. They saw on his. all these squirrels and deer and ducks <laughs> coming through here, you know. Well, there were there were yeah there was a couple of deer out here from a couple of people that killed them just yesterday. Yeah, they were yes. right outside this door, just hanging out. Yeah, so you're probably right. I didn't think about that. This is a little bit of a draw for that. So if we stop to kill flies, just go with go with the. Flies. A lot of people think we're faking, like we're living out on the edge of the woods here. Oh no, there's no it's not fake. Yeah, because Gordon lived here. You can speak to <laughs> oh, him, right? It's a it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that Louisiana. Is a place not fit for human habitation, and yet we live here. So yeah. I don't know what that says oh, something oh, about tw- us. Twenty feet behind this building <laughs> is a pl- a plethora of intertwined serpents <laughs> with venom just dripping from their fangs, and they're and they're crawling over alligators <laughs> yeah. that are trying to yeah. get in there. Yeah, we just had Anna Fellum on, and, and they. Just, How many snakes do you kill in your yard? You when you live next to me? You know what's odd? I I did not kill king snakes. And I saw a lot of those. Oh, yeah. Um, I rarely killed those water snakes. I only killed three cottonmouths the whole t- and that one rattlesnake right before I moved. Yeah. Four snakes in 14 years. Not Poisonous. Bad. That's Which not bad. The reason, the reason you weren't, weren't having to kill them is them king snakes. Yeah. Yeah. I left the king snakes. And the first time I saw a king You're snake. You're a wise man. I saw a king oh, yeah. snake oh, yeah. we were playing baseball down there by the river when I was a kid. <laughs> and. There was a. I saw a copperhead, so I went and grabbed something to go kill him, you know, because Dad trained as well. And I and I was looking to go up the snake to find the head of the snake, and about halfway up, a king snake w- had eaten half the copperhead. Yeah. And then I just said, "All right, we're friends. Like this guy here, he's he's on our side." Oh know? yeah, I, there was one out behind my that's house. That's how they kill him. Yeah. Swallow him whole. Oh, yeah, so they choke him first. Yeah. They. they and but Jan said, "Kill him, kill him," and I said, "Oh no, come here." And I I got on this, you know, YouTube wasn't very old. I got on and said. King snake eating rattlesnake, and I showed her a video. She said, "Good grief, you better leave him alone." I said, "Oh yeah, <laughs> he's there. I'm not touching the king he's snake." There Let's take another break. So, one of the things, Gordon, that you're doing now is you've been working with Lisa and I uh, on our blog, and also helping out with Dad's newsletters as well. Gordon is an excellent writer, by the way, among his many talents, and that's uh, Al and Lisa Robertson dot com. By the way, kind of be sure we put that on the screen and. uh it's, we're trying to just do information to help people. We talk about pro-life a lot. We talk about marriage. We talk about forgiveness and brokenness. And, again, all those things that have helped our life. You know, So we want to try to help And everything's people. centered on the gospel. Everything. Every answer. And, and, and which is really the core of the, of the podcast and everything else we're doing. So I want to talk about in our, in our last few minutes together uh, a project that we're just starting to work on. Uh, and it's Dad's uh, new book, and so we're just early in the process. You know, we got a lot of 
different ideas floating around, but one of the ones we've talked about is the idea about uh, cancel culture, you know, because that's a big thing now, which basically, as most of you know, you, you speak out on something or you say something that somebody doesn't like, and then you've got this group of these hordes on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, they try to cancel you. So they basically try to ruin you and silence you. I mean, that's that's the way it's working now. And it's just rampant. And uh, most all of it's on the left. You know, it's just the way they function. Because at one time, liberals were the, the bastions of free, free speech. Remember that? I mean, yeah, like, yeah. You, you should be able to say anything. There's no, you know, you shouldn't, you know. And it was always aimed at conservatives at the time. And you can't clamp us down. And now, just in a short, what, 15 or 20 years, it's completely come full circle. And now they're the ones trying to shut any free speech down that they don't like. You can't say it. You yep. know, the, the big tech. I've been, I've been censored three times this week on Twitter. When I tried to retweet something, it, a little thing comes up on the thing that says, well, you've got to do more research before you can. You need to. And I was like, I was just reading this. I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm looking at a video. I can't send it. Out on your platform until I go and then you know I got censored on on uh, on Facebook when Joe Biden said he was running against George. You remember that? Yeah. And his wife leans over and she says, "Trump, Trump." Yeah, Trump. you can see her. So I posted all I did was post the video. Yeah. And then the next hour, there's a little disclaimer. Yeah. This was taken out of context, and I'm going taken out of context. His wife <laughs> is saying. It's not George, it's Trump. Right. You know, I didn't take anything out of context. I just showed the video. Yeah. So, it, it's something that happened, that everybody it really saw. happened. Yeah, I'm saying you're yeah. just... What is, I'm not... Ta- I, if I, it is in its entire context. So that's what they're doing now, Dad, because you don't know, because you're not on social media. So basically... Oh, he's on there. You've right. got some somebody, there's some <laughs> algorithm that alerts somebody somewhere in a place, and then they're going to make a decision. Of course, the somebodies every time seem to be going after conservatives. You don't ever see – I've never heard anybody complain no, on the left no. about being told this. So you just want to express a thought or show a video like Gordon's talking about, and you got somebody in a room that says, nope, we're the fact checkers. Yep. That's what they call the themselves. The ones who are canceling their neighbors are their men of renown from back in the past. The people who are doing that, they've already been canceled. Yeah, they're the cancel ones. That's right. There's no hope. They they have no. Mm. They, to peaceably assemble is what they they have the right, but to do what they're doing, there's right. nothing peaceable about that. No, and if something's mostly peaceful, that's like being mostly when pregnant. You're tearing down statues <laughs> for people that lived in the past, and for whatever reason they wanted to remember them, some of them are founding fathers. I mean, statues of priests, statues. Of Frederick Douglass. Oh, Abraham yeah. Lincoln. Yeah. What about the one who freed the when slave? You're, when you're canceling them out, that's a sure sign that you've already been canceled by the Almighty. Mm. So that's kind of at the heart of kind of where we're going on a biblical view of cancel, what's been canceled and what hasn't, right? How would you kind of define sort of our thinking on kind of where we're going. Okay, so the best... we're early in the... We're just sharing with you guys early in the process, so... Yeah, if you got any input... Yeah, if you got any input, yeah, let us know. We're fine with that. So, um, the best example is when GQ came to interview you, what, 2014, with the height of Duck Dynasty, whatever Correct. it was. Yep, And uh, he asked him what the definition of sin was, and you remember you quoted First Corinthians chapter 6, verse... 
I don't know, eight, nine, nine, ten, ten. Or ten. Nine so, in that list, you've got the greedy, the swindler, the homosexual offender, the sexually immoral. It's just a list. And the the as soon as the magazine hit the shelves, which was a Wednesday, I believe, the outcry against you for being homophobic was it dominated every news cycle. We were next, that was one of the first ones to. Uh, the attempt to cancel. Right. right? He was yeah. cancel culture canceled before cancel culture became cancel culture. That's yeah. right. This is exactly So right. before it had a name, that's what they did to him. That's right. So, um, of course, he's made the point, and I think we'll make this in the book, um, the, is that I got canceled for for simply quoting a Bible verse. That's right. And they didn't know. Which, by they, the way, they didn't know it was a Bible. Verse. That's right. That's they thought say, it was your opinion. It took three days because you know Dad wasn't just book chapter verse. He's just quoting scripture, which he does a verbatim, lot. verbatim. And so it took what the the cable news people the fact checkers three, three days <laughs> to even realize you were quoting a verse. Somebody finally called him and said it, it's a Bible verse. <laughs> you dummies. <laughs> That's in the Bible. <laughs> even even our defenders back then, it was Bill O'Reilly and those guys. They were like, I mean, this guy does have some crazy views. Listen to what he said, and he's literally quoting a Bible. And they, had, they had some priest, a Catholic priest, and he said, he said, well, what do you expect, some redneck down there? I mean, this he didn't know it was a Bible verse either. <laughs> and he said, sad. he said, what are you expecting to say? You know, but actually, the front part of that verse said, "Do not be deceived." Yeah. Don't be deceived. Right. Neither the sexually immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers, the male prostitutes, the homosexual offenders, the thieves, greedy, drunkards, slanderers, swindled, they won't inherit the kingdom of God. And you said then, and such were some of you. Yeah. But right. you were That's watched. who you were. You used to I be. I was that. giving them the good news with it, but yeah. It, yeah. They, they didn't read the somehow. Part. Somehow I think they had it in their mind. <laughs> good news was not going to be part of this story. Let's, let's take one last break. But they sure rode me hard for about the news media for about six months. They would come to White's Ferry Road, and they said, "Can we have an interview?" We said, "Stick a mic up in my face." I said, "Well, you're well, you sure you can." I said, "I'll be giving it right upstairs." <laughs> Got a press conference. So I was. It's, it's also I, called I would, a Bible I, class. I would get them all up in there, and they hammered <laughs> up the gospel with all their equipment. They can't get out of there, and I'm just hammering away. I said, "Hey, put that on TV." By the way, one of my I finally. She said, you know, I like you, Mr. Robinson. I said, well, you came, though, because you heard that I was a mean old man, right? And she said, that's what I thought. I said, do I seem like a hater to you? And she said, you do not. I said, put that on TV. Yeah, I said, tell it. I said, you got the cameraman with you? I said, run it. Yeah. Run that. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. The only person that really told the whole story from your Bible class press conferences was uh, – Somebody in from London. Yeah. London, England. London, England. Yeah. And they told the whole thing. It was like, here's what the guy had to say. He seemed pretty good to me. I mean, like, this yeah. guy was genuinely. He actually took up for us. He did. He did. It was the only only news outlet that actually yeah. did. He came over here from London, England he to get the dirt on me. He did. It was one of those London tabloid types. That's why it's best, Al, give him the dirt on the front end. Yeah. Just say, look, I was. I've never had anybody come from Balkanville to get the dirt on me, so that's pretty. That's that's five miles away. (laughs) So you're right. We kind of put TMZ out of business in terms of the Robertsons because you just tell your own stuff. 
You know, you don't you don't have to if you don't if you're not sitting around on a time bomb if you just go ahead and detonate it. That's you right. You've been drunk. Yep. You've been high. Yep. yep. You've been laid. Yep. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we called the big three. <laughs> so when I imitate Phil, that's what I do. I mean, everybody's trying to get drunk, get high, get laid. They go, yeah, that sounds like him. So, <laughs> so one of the verses that that I like because we're kind of we're torn around with calling it uh, uncanceled because basically. They they claim even to this day that I, you know I read you an article recently, just a random piece that comes out in the Hollywood Reporter about oh let's remember why we hate this guy. Uh, you know, it wasn't even targeting anything new you're doing. It was just like all the old stuff. They wanted to remember me yeah. so so they could hate me. That's some right. More. Yes. Don't forget this guy we cancel. So huh. I, I thought it was interesting that they're having to remind their people that we cancel the guy. So in their mindset, they canceled you, but in truth, in reality, they didn't cancel anything. The show. Totally reversed itself. You know, you were on indefinite hiatus, yeah. which would for twenty four hours, it was nine days. Is well, they was. were trying to. They said we actually didn't fire you if you read the, the read it carefully. I said, I said, did I have a bellyache? Uh, haven't been canceled or run off? I said, y'all ever hear me bell? Did I call you up? They said, no, sir. You didn't say a word. It, I said. I don't mind. I, don't, I said, I don't care if y'all laid it on me. They said, well, if you read it real carefully, it says we put you on a, a what do you call indefinite. it? Indefinite. Yeah, an indefinite hiatus. I said, I looked up hiatus in the Bible, and it said, not part of the program. <laughs> <laughs> so, no longer a part of the program. So they didn't, So they, but then the, they reversed course. The only thing the family said was that, we're not going to do the show unless Dad's on the show. So we're, we're basically saying we're with Phil. And at that, at that time, it was at its height. Oh, it was. That, we yeah. talked about in the last. Uh, it was the the fourth season, which it was the. High, I mean, you're talking millions. eleven million. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about millions yeah. and millions of people. The demo was out the roof. Yeah, a lot of our, con- con- you know, the one we had contracts with the various companies. It probably cost us about ten mil. Yeah. It, oh, we lost all I had to do was cave in and say, "Oh, you're right." It's or not, us. It's or, not a sin. Or us not back you. But what's interesting is that was in 2014, again, ahead of the cancel curve. I would be willing to say they would definitely cancel us today. Like, it's gotten so far now. Oh, yeah. Because one little statement somebody made, you know, the, who was it? The, By the way, uh, for all the, uh, the guys and gals that, that practice homosexual behavior and the ones that are saved now, and uh, it, it's uh, – it, it's great work going on inside that. Community. Oh, there's no doubt about it. It's it's and, and again, it's we've converted quite a few. And, and, and we were client, you know, we were blamed or, or said that we were against this specific group of people. We preach truth, marriage, and immorality about any situation. I mean, in our church, it's if, not like they're the. They're no, the, they're I mean, if, the, if a man and woman, just like the one I just married, they've been living together ten years. They were convicted because of what we say on this podcast that this is not right. And so the, the, the girlfriend, you know, tells the, and they've been together a long time, but she tells him, no, oh, you go sleep on the couch. <laughs> well, two years later, you know, they come down here and I married him though. That's a boy. You're going to be excited because yeah. you get off the couch now. You're back in the good grace. <laughs> he slept on the couch for two years. Two years. Yeah. No sex. He was a little slow. A little slow. <laughs> and uh, I, I said, y'all should have came two years ago. <laughs> but my point is we, when it comes to immorality, anything outside of a husband and wife the way God designed us to have sex with your wife or your husband and keep it there. And as you said many times, no disease, all these bad things that happen, none of that's there. That's correct. That's what we teach. And so that applies to anything that's not that. Well, and as a, as a, 
I mean, as an outsider, and I am, no matter how hard I've tried and to be a part of the Robertson family, I know that I'll never really fit in. <laughs> you can just tell when you walk by. You I'm not from around here. You ain't from yeah, around, around here. Well, Gordon, but, just like Dad says, you know, the good thing for you is because you're weird, but the good thing for you is that around here, weird is in. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so, you know, just as an out, I love teasing Phil and joking around about the family and uh, even Jan. I know she doesn't mind because I did it when she was alive and she laughed at it, but I tell stories on her all the time. But just in all seriousness, when I come into your house and I see lesbians and gay men and all these other people that are listed in that verse, and there's two sitting, people that are living, two people that are shacking woman, up, whatever, right, whatever. There's no yeah. limit, and I see you sitting there, not only sharing the scriptures with them, sharing the gospel with them. You're feeding them a fine meal like we had a while ago, and that was good. Yeah. The good shrimp etouffee, mm-hmm. it was awesome. But you're your your hospitality toward people, regardless yeah. of where they are in their life, yeah. I know, no matter what these people in cancel culture say about you, I know that that you love the very people that they say they're trying to defend. You just, love them deeply. Yeah, just it, it, show them what say, God says. Just what Jesus said. I love sinners. That's why yeah. I came here. Yeah. You know, I, didn't, I come here to, to cancel people. I came here to do so. So I want to read you this verse as we're about out of time um, from Colossians 2, 13 through 15, because I really think... This will be kind of the heart of, of what we get to in this book. Uh, this is the direction we go. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, because he's been talking about circumcision in the context, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled, here's, here's God's cancel culture for us, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away nailed it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Thank God he did it. Yeah. And I mean, that really I is... Don't, I want him to cancel me. That's right. We want to be canceled. Then, and then whatever they do, whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. Was, that night I came in, I was all excited because I heard about it. I was in town. And I came out here real fast, and I said, hey, Phil, if you don't cave in on this, you're going to have a plan. He interrupted me. He said, cave in? This is the happiest day of my life. What are you talking about? You, you remember saying that? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was like, he was like, ex, he was excited because he knew he had a platform now, and he also was excited because he knew he was going to suffer oh, it for the sake cause, of Christ. But, it, it helped convert. Many but you know what's funny is it, to show you though about this article I told you about. I just read within the last year. Uh, they people just lie. So in the article at the end of it says, even though he apologized, yeah. It said, even really? though he apologized, and then it went on. I was, I was just screaming at my computer screen. I was like, he never apologized for quoting a Bible no. verse. No. But now they just add that. They're like, even though he apologized, we know this, this, and this, and this. And I just thought, that's what they do. What you know what? was that? Hollywood Reporter. Really? Yeah, that's what it said. So, fake news. Just think of it. Hollywood yeah. Reporter. Yeah, doesn't go with dad very good. <laughs> fake news. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, it's been great to have you. Yeah, that was, that was a here. quick 48 minutes, but I'm glad you came. I'm excited about this project. And so, audience, be sure to be praying about this because we always want to put stuff out that's relevant but also biblical. That's the idea behind this. Don't forget Jesus Politics, if you hadn't picked up a copy, or Theft of America. So every book we sell helps us write more books in the future. So be sure and support that and grab one of those. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube 
and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.